Recorded live. This is Just Talking with your host, Robert. Hello, and welcome to Just Talking, host Robert, and hadn't done one of these for a while. Um, last one I checked, I'd done about a year or two ago, but I thought this would be a special time. Um, as we stated before, we wanted to keep the um, feeds going here for a while. Um, Lynn and Bobby um, made a trip um, over to Philly, so today this will be the Last bonus show, um, the previous two were commentaries, one for It's a Good Life and the other Kick the Can, so if you want to, make sure you check those out in the archives on um, Talking Twilight Zone. And today, like I said, this is going to be a bonus one, and since we hadn't talked with them since October, we want to find out a little bit about the trip and also um, about Talking Twilight Zone, how it was formed, so this is kind of like a, a two-part um, show here. So let me introduce um, Lynn and Bobby. Hello, guys. Hey there. Hi there. I'm here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's here, too. <laughs> hope so, or it'd be some kind of um, um, doppelganger. <laughs> Maybe the doppelganger might be better, Lynn. Who knows? But. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm glad to hear from you guys. It's been since October since we last talked with the, um, <clears throat> I think, wasn't it Merle Bank the last one that we um, did? Yeah, 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 unfortunately, yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, I found a James Best. He was in an episode of The Rifleman as a bad guy. So just ah. To, just to let you know. So there yeah, was I a little recently, something different. Yeah, I recently yeah. saw him in Andy Griffith, the Andy Griffith yeah. show. He played uh, just a country bumpkin, played the guitar, you know, down-and-out loser kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to, like I said, welcome you guys on today. Um, I think one of the burning questions that a lot of us have, well, before we get started here, I want to remind people, too, that this week, um, this Saturday, November 24th, uh, we'll be all back again, and we'll be reviewing to serve man, so be sure to... Check out the um, show Saturday. At, Looking forward uh, to that. Yeah, and you be on the same time too. It won't be a three-hour yes. difference. <laughs> yeah, finally back to normal. <laughs> Your six is our six. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road when along came a semi with a high and canvas covered load. If you're going to Winnemucca Mac with me, you can ride. And so I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand And I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man Across the deserts, bare man, I breathe the mountain air, man I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere 
I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla, I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, it's bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, County, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Oskaloosa, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chicopee, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Devil's Lake, Crater Lake, the Beach Lake. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled and had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I'm going to go ahead and get started here and I'll ask the... Uh... The question that you know all of us have been wondering about: How was the move and the train ride and everything? Oh, between it you was guys? absolutely fabulous. That's what happens when you got money, and you can have your own private train car with servants and yeah, uh, right. fabulous meals and entertainment and everything. And money talks in this country, as we all know. And so I'm almost sorry that it had to end because it was so wonderful. It really was. Yeah, but no, if you actually, were younger, though, Bobby, like 20, you know how adventurous kids are, and, you know, they think this would be kind of a neat experience never being on a train, but you kind of have a different experience, huh? Well, I this is my second time traveling across the country, and I'm approximately six years older now than I was then when I did it. Um, but I'm not sure that really... Age has anything to do with it. The train is a very, very difficult way to travel. It's a good way to travel for people who love trains, and plenty of people do. Uh, There are people who collect train memorabilia, and they have model trains, and they go on trains, and they do all of that, and uh, I can appreciate that, that they have a good time doing it. But if you're really going anywhere, and you want to get there as soon as you possibly can, it's the, probably the worst way to travel. It's an incredibly antiquated, given that it's 2012, because it takes forever. Our trip from Seattle to Philadelphia, or the outskirts of the uh, suburbs of Philadelphia, took three days. And that included uh, uh, two stops, one in Chicago and one in Pittsburgh. And I'll talk about that a little later. And uh, it simply is very, very tedious to be on a train. There's nothing going on in there. And uh, I knew that going in because, like I said, I've done it before. But the first time I did it, it was something new, so I tolerated it. And I thought, okay, so, you know, this is something new. But if you've done it before, now you're doing it again. It gets to be really – it starts to grate on your nerves. Now, Lynn and I uh, had a bedroom, not just seats on the train – I don't know how anybody could possibly survive if they simply were sitting in seats on the train. I guess people do it. I don't know how. Because the first stop from Seattle to Chicago takes 46 hours. And there's no stopping at all. It's just 46 incredibly long, boring hours on the train. And then from there to Pittsburgh, I believe, was about, I'm not sure, I think it was about 12 yeah, hours. From the 12 train. hours, yeah, I think so, 12 hours. Right, and then from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia was seven and a half. And uh, the first time I did it, which was back in 2007, I was coming from Florida. And it took three and a half days because back then uh, the train stopped in uh, Washington and then went from there to Chicago and then to Seattle. 
and that took even longer. It was really quite unbelievable. So this time it was actually shorter, although it seemed longer to me. And uh, Lynn and I had what they called, well, we had a bedroom on the train because uh, I needed. When we travel, I have to be in a wheelchair from time to time, especially when there's anywhere to walk to. And so it's necessary to have a, a bedroom. And that's called an accessible bedroom on Amtrak trains. It's for disabled people, although I don't know why, because I didn't particularly find anything in there that would be all that accessible to somebody who's disabled. It's incredibly small. It's like living in a closet. Yeah, it and is. If, if you'd like to look at it someday, you can go to YouTube and simply type in the search box, Amtrak Accessible Bedroom. And there are a couple of people who have had it who took uh, uh, home movies of it. And wow. it's as small as it looks. There's two and they're excited beds. about it. They're actually excited about it. They're all going to say, and this is the accessible bedroom. And look, there's space for this. And there's space. And here's your bathroom. And, and they're all excited about it. And I'm thinking, this is what you were excited about? <laughs> they like didn't have no crazy Russian hiding in the bathroom or somewhere yeah. in the bed getting ready to attack you or anything, no? Oh, it's unreal. And, and you barely have room <laughs> to turn around. And they're bunk beds, and I have to climb up the step, up these little steps. To get up on top of the, on the top bunk, and you got to be careful you don't bang your head on the ceiling. <laughs> it was unreal. Now I I didn't want to do this because I knew it was going to be unpleasant. I really wanted to go on a plane. Uh, I called uh, one of the airlines, and the trip across the country is nonstop, and it's about eight hours from Seattle to Philadelphia. So you can do it in one third of the day, and uh, that's quite a difference from four to, from uh, three, uh, three days. Obviously, the trouble is that you can't uh, be in a wheelchair and stay in it on a plane. You have to get out of it and find your way to a seat, and they put your uh, wheelchair in with the baggage, and depending on the wheelchair, they also have to dismantle it. Wow. So uh, that, yeah, that pretty much, and that really surprised me because I, I can't imagine in this day and age with so many laws about disabled people uh, that it's like that, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, thankfully I'm not paralyzed or anything. I can walk if I have to. It's very difficult. But what about people who are paralyzed? They can't go at all because they can't even get out of the wheelchair to go to a seat. So that was well, They probably didn't want people to run to airline stewardess while Maybe that's it, yeah. And, and so I, on your lap. I wanted like to take the chance and get out of the wheelchair and just kind of find my way and lurch to a seat, but Lynn didn't like that idea, so she talked me out of it. So we took the train anyway, and so I want to say up front, because I'm going to do a lot of complaining, that I would have preferred not to do it that way, but I did. So be it. Trailers for sale are rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no Ain't got no cigarettes, ah, but two hours of pushing broom buys an eight, twelve, four bedroom. I'm a man of means, by no means, king of the road. Third box car, midnight train, destination banger, main. Whoa, worn out suit. Don't pay no union dues I smoke old stogies I have found Short but not too big around I'm a man of means by no means 
king of the road I know every engineer on every train All their children, all of their names And every handout in every town Every locked, it ain't locked when no one's around I sing traders for sale or rent Rooms let fifty cents The, 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 the train trip itself, like I said, is very tedious. Lynn already mentioned that there are bunk beds in the room. It starts out with two seats that face each other. But you really can't sit in that for any amount of time because you're going to want to put your feet up, and you can't if somebody's sitting across from you. So you take that, you just push the seats together, and it turns into a bed if you want to call it that. And there's one on top of it. There's, there are bunk beds that you have to climb into, but there's not a ladder there. There's just kind of sort of a... Some sort of what was that? It was like shelving on the side. There were little, yeah, little steps built into the wall that you had to do to get up there. And then there's I have small feet. And then and there's a strap up there to strap yourself in. You didn't do that though, did you? I didn't really strap myself in because I'm well, small. I think it's I kind of dangerous because if you get up, if you get up in the middle of the night, you're a person who just has to go to the bathroom and you're not thinking where you are. You could just fall right out of it. So I don't, I'm not That's too crazy good. about it. I I like to live dangerously. It's very very small. <laughs> I'm adventurous. <laughs> I'm only I'm of average height. I'm five ten. That's all I am, and my feet just barely got in there. They were touching the wall when I was laying down. So that was a very close call. anybody anybody who's more than five ten or six feet, you can forget about getting in that. That's just not going to happen. You, there's no way in the world you'll have room. So that's all it is. There's two bunk beds, and then there's a space in the middle. But we had a wheelchair with us, so that took up that space. And then across the room, if you want to call it a room. It's a, it's a toilet, and that's basically what it is. That's what's in there. There's nothing else in there. So it is uncomfortable, uh, not so much if you aren't going a long distance. I think it's tolerable for eight hours, even 12 hours, even one day maybe, but not for three days. And uh, my biggest complaint about the train is that it's boring. It's really, really boring. Mm-hmm. You don't see any more in a train than you do in a plane if you're all the way up in the air. Mm-hmm. You see nothing. I mean, you can go on. I've gone on the Internet and had people uh, talking about how wonderful the train is and how you get to see the country. Well, that's a lot of BS because I did, I've been through Chicago twice in the last seven years and in the last five years, and I have yet to see the city. I mean, the train goes on the outskirts, and you look out the window if, you're, if it's daylight and it's not nighttime, and you don't see anything. I didn't see any Chicago side tile, and I saw nothing. Well, how about when we were going through, like, Wisconsin and... Uh, what, did you see Wisconsin? Yeah, like, no, no, no. I'm saying when we were going through Wisconsin, it was nothing but right. flat, barren land. I right. mean, there was nothing for miles and miles and miles. We were just looking at this flat nothingness. There was nothing. It was flat, barren land. And I think there was another te- uh, city or con- or city or state we went through that was like that. It was, like, just flat, 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 flat. And it was nothing. And you would see one car. And I'd be like, where is this car going? And it's like, for miles now, there's nothing. Where could this car possibly be heading? One little car you'd see or one truck every now and then. Ryan, Dan, you think, you're wondering, where is this going? Is this person going? There's nothing for miles now. Kansas City, Kansas City, here I 
I had too much on my mind. But the food was good. Yeah, the food is the food it's is shame okay. we really didn't enjoy it because it was not free. like eating in a restaurant. No. It's, not, it's part of the price, yeah. Well, yeah. With the price of the, the ticket, your meals are free, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And it's a shame we really didn't take advantage of it because the food wasn't bad at all. Well, I took advantage of it the first time, and I was sorry for it, so I'm glad <laughs> I didn't do it. But uh, the thing about it is that uh, those aspects of it are, I find, pretty good. But if you're only on the train, you really, I mean, we had, a, didn't we have our little uh, portable DVD player with us? Did we mm-hmm. have that on the train? Yeah, you yeah. need to bring something with you to watch a movie or do something because there's nothing Or to bring do. a book or something to read, yeah. Uh, right, that's yeah. what I did, yeah. Yeah, you need to have something because it really, really is incredibly boring. Yeah, um, I read because um, they used to have closed-circuit television, but they don't have that anymore. They stopped well, they didn't that have the first reason. time I did it, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, they and, stopped And uh, so, uh, you know, the, like I said, the room is small, but you're really not going anywhere anyway, so it's not really that big a deal. I can live with the the small room, but um, uh, it's the boredom that really gets to you. And then after finally, after 46 consecutive hours, we finally got to Chicago. Well, we didn't spend any time there because uh, the train, the next train was leaving. Uh, I don't know how long. It wasn't very long, and that's fine because I didn't want to hang around anyway. And the Chicago train station is just a big cavernous place, as you would expect in a city like that, and uh, very, very busy, like in airports. A lot of people still take trains. A lot of them are commuters. They're not going long distances, but there's still a lot of people in train stations, even today. You would think that uh, people didn't do that anymore, but a lot of people still do. And, we really didn't uh, get to see much of the Chicago train station because we came yeah, right off right, of the. Because, that's right, because the train was leaving right away. Yeah. Right across the right across the track. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So you only get to see it. You didn't you no, know, we get got off it. anywhere? No. We got no. off the Seattle tra- or the Washington train in Chicago, and then we we went on to another train in Chicago. I mean, the train makes stops on its way to Chicago for other people. Oh, 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 yeah. We didn't, we didn't get off. We didn't do anything. It just stops yeah. for a little bit of time and then it starts up again, and you don't go it's anywhere. The only, 
changed trains twice, but we didn't. But it does make stops along the way for other people. You know, various stops like Ohio. It made like five or six stops in Ohio. Columbus was was uh, wasn't Columbus one? No, Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, I believe. Yeah, that's where you called me, wasn't it? When you went through Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Columbus wasn't. So I didn't really have that big a problem with it. I was bored to death and uncomfortable, but, you know, I knew what I was getting into. I can't complain about that. Unfortunately, it makes it stop in Pittsburgh on that particular train at 4.20 in the morning, not in the afternoon. And uh, when I called to buy tickets, I wanted to have an accessible bedroom on all the trains because I knew we were going to need it. And I was very shocked when the woman train, the agent told me there is no accessible bedroom on that train. And she said to me, if you want that, you'll have to get on a different train, and that one will go to Washington and then come up through Baltimore and then go to Philadelphia. And I would assume that probably adds about two hours onto the trip. And like an idiot, I turned that down. I thought to myself, and I said, well, how long is the trip from uh, Pittsburgh to Philadelphia? Well, it's seven and a half hours. Compared to 46, it didn't seem like a lot of time to me. So I said, I turned that down, and I would never do it that way again. That was a big mistake. I turned that down, and I said, now, what is on that train? Oh, an accessible, what they call an accessible wheelchair space, which is what I wish they had on the plane, which is just at the end of the aisle. It's at the top of the aisle. And there's just a space for you to sit in the wheelchair there, either against the seat or facing the seat. And your companion, like Lynn's, just sits in the seat in front of you, and, and that's, that's what it is. And so I said, all right, it doesn't sound so bad to me, seven and a half hours. So we got to Pittsburgh at, at one time. As a matter of fact, as far as I remember, all the trains were on time. There's never any great delays of anything, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we got to Pittsburgh at 4.20 in the morning, and uh, that's where it really came apart for me because uh, – you just you don't want to, well I was in Pittsburgh back in 1970 1970 I was visiting wow. somebody there and but I drove there I didn't go on the train and Pittsburgh is not the most exciting place in the world no matter how you go but if you're going on a train very grimy you get, 
It's a very grimy place. We get to this train station at 420 in the morning, and there's absolutely nobody there at all. We had to get off the train and walk down the train where I was wheeled down the train tracks into this rather depressing, nondescript train station. And it was just me and Lynn and one other man who I had seen on the train. He had some briefcases with him. I guess he's a... Yeah, he was going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Bus- right, he was a businessman. And then and, and there were seats there to sit on. So Lynn sat in the seat, and I sat in a wheelchair in front of him. And next to him was another guy I think had been on the train. He was falling asleep. He kept falling asleep. 4.20 in the morning. And, our and the next train doesn't arrive until 7.30. That's three wow. hours and ten minutes in Pittsburgh, Three hours and ten minutes in Pittsburgh under any conditions would be a daunting task. But three hours and ten <laughs> minutes in Pittsburgh in a train station is, like, ungodly. There's absolutely nothing. And, of course, on the floor we were on, there was nothing but seats there. Lynn, you went down the steps. Was there, any, there was nothing open down there, right? There's no stores or anything down there. There were there? a lot of people down there, but there were. But there just, was, it was mostly for the tickets. And I think there was a little um, area where, they, where you could get coffee and stuff. Oh, really? And That's so, all. And so uh, we just sat there for hours and hours and hours, and I was insanely uncomfortable, and so was Lynn. And that was just that was just brutal. I don't I don't know how on earth I even lived through it. To tell you the truth, it was pretty horrible. And uh, finally, it got time to leave. Now, one of the problems with the that one of the issues I had with Amtrak is that they advertise that they they do what they can for people who are disabled or in wheelchairs. And uh, my wheelchair is a little bit wider than most are, not an extraordinary amount, but a little bit wider. And on virtually every train I got onto, it wouldn't get through the doors. So I had to get up anyway. They were able to get me up into the train, and then I had to get up and walk down the hallway to the room. So I wasn't expecting that either. So that's another thing you got to watch out for, because if you think you're just going to wheel yourself through the doorway, you got another thing coming. So that doesn't work either. So we we waited in Pittsburgh for that amount of time. What choice did we have, of course? We were lucky that it was fall and not the middle of winter because when we got off the train from Chicago, we were outside. We were on train platform, and we had to walk down into the train station. It was all out. It was partially covered, but had it been winter, it was cold it in the train station, it was though, cold, remember? It was cold, but it could have been worse. If it yeah. was January or February, it would have been intolerable. And so uh, we waited and waited and waited, and finally we got on the train to get to Philadelphia. And uh, the Philadelphia train station is absolutely enormous, absolutely huge, and was very busy. The 30th Street Station, yeah. Yeah, we were there on Sunday afternoon, and it was uh, very, very big. Again, luckily, we we had a pickup ride with a company that provides a special uh, van for wheelchairs, and he got there just as we arrived. I looked out the door, and there he was pulling up, so we got lucky on that. And then we came to our apartment. I think what really bothers me about this whole train trip that didn't bother me on the first time is that this time we had to wait for our furniture to arrive. So we didn't get to Philadelphia and come to this apartment. We had to go to a hotel. And we spent 12 consecutive days in a hotel wow. room. It's a nice hotel. Everything's fine. They have free Wi-Fi access. And they have, well, the worst cable TV in history. It's just basic cable. It's absolutely dreadful. But, you know, I wouldn't wish 12 days in a hotel room on anybody. That's really asking for trouble. And and that's because it took them almost two weeks to get our furniture across the country. And at first, I didn't have my laptop. We put it in Lynn's car, which also had to be delivered by a company across the country, the same one that delivered it the first time from Philadelphia to Seattle. And uh, we couldn't carry the laptop with us because we had enough to carry, and just getting me around is daunting enough. And so when did your car get there, Lynn? How many days did we have to wait about uh, a week? No, it took about 
after we got to the hotel, uh, the car arrived about four days later, but they had lost the key to my car. Wow. Oh, yes, excuse me. Yeah, I they lost the key. Yeah, called me up on the phone, and she says, uh, your car's going to be delivered uh, around 5 o'clock this afternoon, between 5 and 6 o'clock. Uh, but let me ask you a question. Do you have another yeah, key to your car? And I said, no, why? And uh, normally I would. I've always had uh, an extra key to my car, but when I moved from Pennsylvania to Seattle the first time around, I actually lost the spare key to my car. So that was the only key that I had to my car. She says, oh, well, he lost the key to your car. I said, you're kidding me. I said, you are kidding me. I said, I do not have a spare key. She says, well, uh, can you, when he gets there, can you call a locksmith, have a key made, and send us the bill? And I was like, no. Uh, what I can do is I can call the locksmith, have the key made, and I'll take it out of what I'm supposed to pay the guy when he drops the car off. I said, oh, well, you could do that, too. I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Guess how much it cost me to have the, the key made? I forget. Almost, 300, almost $300. <laughs> See, now you learn to have a spare key. Me and my wife does, too. I know yeah. you lost well, it, but it's always good to have, have one. I know. I, it was when I, I always had a spare key. I had two when I got this, this car, and I always had them. And when I went out to Seattle, I don't know how it got lost, but I just lost it, and I never had a spare one. But it's one of those keys that has the chip in it. Yeah. You know, the, and we uh, got, that's what we got. Yeah. Yeah. And I called the locksmith and he said it was going to be uh, 280 with tax, $290. And I called them back and told them. And they said, oh, oh okay. Is that the best? I said, that's the best price I could get. And they pay, and they had to pay. So I wasn't upset because they paid it. I mean, I wasn't going to pay. Well, they should. Yeah. They lost the key. So. Yeah. yeah. There was no way it was so upsetting to me though because you know that was my car. It was to have the Honda logo on it. This is just a generic key with you know no logo, and, and they lost my keychain that I had for God how, how many years? Thirty five years. I had a keychain for thirty five years. I was one of the oldest things I owned, and I loved that keychain. And that's the keychain it was on, and they lost it. So I was really upset about that. I was more upset about the keychain. Well, anyway, it was a, it was quite an ordeal coming over here. And, of course, it was worth it because we wanted to get here. And if that's the only way to get here, you have to do that. Would I do it again? God, I would hope I wouldn't have to. Let's put it that way. Well, um, you're from the area. You said you're from Baltimore, aren't you? So. Yeah. Well, the thing, about, the thing about it is that I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to trash Seattle because I never really got to see the city to be honest with you, without all that much. And uh, we did meet some nice people in the building we lived in, and that, they were very nice to us. Uh, but there's, what I did find out is that it's very difficult to pack up and go across the country. Somehow feel very disconnected when you do that. It's traumatic to move to any new state, but, but when you move all the way across the country, that's a whole different ballgame. And I really never really got settled there at all. I've moved... Uh, five times in the last 12 years, 14 years, five times, three of them to different states, from Maryland to Florida, and from Florida to Washington State, and now back to Pennsylvania. And uh, it's very, very, very difficult to do that. You, somehow you never really feel like you're settled there. The whole I was in Seattle for five and a half years, and I never really felt any connection there at all. I just didn't. 
Well, because um, you couldn't really get out into the community and really I think even sample if I had, the life well, out I there. Did, well, I did when I was in Florida. I wasn't. I didn't have that many problems in Florida, and I got out. I went everywhere to Miami, Orlando, and all over the place, and I never really felt connected there either. Somehow you always, at least I shouldn't mean say that for everybody. It's probably not for everybody. But for me, you never really feel like you really have settled down. And somebody, who was it who posted the group, uh, Lynn, was it George or Jack, one of them, posted and said, you two are from big cities. So he said he'd been there with his late wife, remember? Oh, was George. Seattle, and he found it to be very boring and dismal. Well, it is a boring place. And, it really and, is. And he said in his post, he said, well, you guys are from big cities and from uh, the crowded area in the east. So you probably do miss that. And I think that's a good point. So I never really, I mean, people who live in Seattle uh, love it there. They were born there, and I don't blame them, you know. They're used to it, and that's fine. And uh, I just, um, you know, I'm I'm close enough to my hometown now. I'm only 90 miles away now that I almost yeah. feel like I'm back home. And uh, when I went to, I was thrilled to go to Florida in 98. I thought that was going to be everything. And all I found there was a lot of heat and a lot of bugs and a lot of uh, lizards and a lot of humidity and, and a lot of hurricanes. I was in three hurricanes while I was there. Luckily, none of them terribly serious. And just there's just too many issues there. There's just too many issues. I mean, if you want to put up with that, that's fine. But I don't. I lived uh, just a little bit north of Miami and then in central Florida. And both times were, were there were a lot of issues for me. And speaking of the hurricane, I forgot to mention that when we were in Pittsburgh, when we got on that Pittsburgh train, uh, Hurricane Sandy was coming up the East Coast, and we had heard about it. We didn't know the details, but heard about it. Just uh, missed it. And, and uh, yep. we were extraordinarily lucky because, as far as I know, that was just about the last train that went across Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Right after that, that evening or the next morning, Amtrak temporarily Mid- suspended midnight, all their Midnight that night. Yeah. Midnight that night. The and, midnight uh, that Sunday night, they were stopping all service. Even though we didn't see a whole lot of people on the, in the train station, but by the time that train left to go to Philadelphia, it was packed. There wasn't a seat on it. Uh, I think people had gotten on it at the last minute, realizing it, that they had no time to spare. Well, that's what they did, yeah. They they even said one of the conductors or uh, one of the um, ticket guys or whatever they call them, uh, he came around and he said uh, that, People were getting, were making reservations at the last minute and getting on at the last minute because they knew they wouldn't be able to make their travels, you know, uh, do their traveling after this. So they, they yeah, were, so they were to be honest sold with you, the, a real, a real disaster was averted because you can imagine we're in the train station at 4:30 in the morning or 5:30 or 6:30 or 7:30, and they tell us that uh, you know, sorry, but there won't be any trains uh, tomorrow. I, how long are we supposed to sit there? And I don't oh, know whether we could have gotten. Rude. It, if we had I'm, left a day later, if we had left Friday instead of Thursday, we'd have been It would screwed. have been a disaster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been a disaster. And we were also very lucky, uh, unfortunately for the people in New Jersey, that the hurricane didn't come inland like they once thought it was going to. So it didn't go through Philadelphia or anything. So yeah, we didn't get delayed. Philadelphia. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and, we, didn't uh, lose, we didn't even lose power. Yeah, so that was a, that was a very close call. I think we about it power now. power in the hotel. Did, I get extremely nervous when I think about it because it really was a very, very close call. So overall, I would say to people, if you want to take the train, I, I, the first time I ever took the train was in, uh, uh, was in, in 1978. I took it uh, to Orlando to go to Disney World. I didn't feel like driving there. And I took it to Orlando, and I believe it was about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten hours at the most. 
and it was fine. I didn't have any problem with that. I didn't have a bedroom. I think stacking. train trips are, are, are short and maybe less than 12 hours are not bad. But traveling for three days, it can be annoying because, plus, you can't, you can't walk. You can't walk on the train very well because, no. you know, you've got to hang on to something because you're, you're, you know, just being jostled all over the place and try coming down with a cup of coffee or something. You better wait until the train stops before you get coffee because you are being jostled all over the place. I don't know how these uh, people that, you know, on the trains that deliver the food and all do that. They're delivering food, and the train's been j- jumping all over the tracks, and they got food, trays of food in their hands. Oh. Around and around. This old town's too long. Summer's almost gone. Yeah, winter's coming around. around and played around. This old town too long. And I feel like I got activity person on to, you know, do something to relieve, you know, those tedious amounts of boredom, you know, have some kind of activity, like maybe a murder mystery. That would be a perfect thing to have, like a, you know, murder mystery, solve who the killer was, stuff like that, or or some kind of activity. Yeah, wow. They have nothing. I heard that they used to have closed circuit television, and they stopped that a few years ago. So now it's bring your your own entertainment. I read... He, we had the uh, DVD, you know, the portable DVD player. Uh, he basically watched that. I read, I read a couple of books, and you know, um, that's that's what you have to do. And we talked, I, and you know, I took the train to uh, Orlando in '78, and then in the mid '80s, tw- uh, two different times, I took the train from Baltimore to New York. Now that's a very short trip. That's only a few hours. I just didn't want to deal with the traffic in New York, and I didn't want to pay the exorbitant parking fee. And things like that. So I decided to do that. And that wasn't bad. I mean, that wasn't a big deal. A few hours and yeah. then you're there before you know it. Sure. So that's not so bad. But these other two trips are really, really bizarre. Those are really, uh, you yeah, know, so first, I, 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 I wouldn't advise anybody to do that unless you're a yeah. real 
stay oh, in yeah. the trains, and you think it's a great adventure to be on the train. It's uh, yeah. The first, the first two days, we just talked and talked and talked and talked. Then you get a little talked out, and then you decide, well, now what are we going to do? Okay, you watch DVDs, I'll read, you know, and you know, and you're looking out the window, and then when it gets dark, you see nothing out the window anymore. Well, it really would be bad. it would be great if you looked out the window and you said, oh my God, there's the Grand Canyon. Oh my goodness, there's the Great Lakes. Oh my goodness, isn't that amazing? But I didn't see any of that unless it was at night. Maybe it went. It might have gone based there at night. I have no idea. Flat, barren land. It was because at night, at night you can't see anything ever. at all out the window. Well, the alternative would have been worse if you didn't take a plane, having to take Greyhound across. Now Greyhound, oh, you don't have no movement at all, and you're the stuck only on a place bus. I've ever taken a Greyhound bus is to Atlantic City. I've never done more than that. And that, yeah, that's that's brutal. No, that's all. I've taken bus trips, but yeah, that's true because it's, uh, yeah, it's, to me, flying's the only way to go. I love to fly. I've always loved flying. I wanted, well, I wanted to do it, and I'm just kind of shocked that the plane can't. I understand that you can't sit in a wheelchair in the middle of the aisle because there might be an emergency, but to think that there isn't some space in the back or somewhere where you could just sit there. Um, I could easily have sat there for seven, eight, nine, ten hours, of course, because I did that in Pittsburgh for seven and a half hours, sat in the wheelchair in, in front of a seat right in front of Lynn, and Lynn can tell you how brutally uncomfortable I was for those hours while yeah. we were traveling. Yeah, you are. It. Terrible. So um, I would have done it. So I'm a little shocked that the the, uh, the airlines can't provide anything like that. I guess you have to know somebody with a private plane who can take you on his own. And uh, so that's it. So I'm 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 glad it's over with. And I'm glad we're back on the East Coast because Seattle just wasn't a good fit for me. When I was when I was a kid, when I was about nine or ten years old, my father, who worked for Standard Oil in the accounting department his entire life, was going to get transferred. There was talk that they were going to transfer people to California, and I was incredibly excited. I thought this is going to be great because I thought I was going to become one of the Beach Boys or something. <laughs> and so I had this fancy idea that it was just going to be great. And uh, I, I can't remember ever being more excited about that. And then it fell through, and we didn't go. And I was disappointed, brutally disappointed after that. I cried and everything. It was terrible. And uh, so later on in life, I got to go, and I was sorry I went. So that just goes to show you, keep your mouth shut and stay where you are. And uh, be happy where you are, and let it go with that, because there's more excitement mm-hmm. on the East Coast. It's as simple as that. And you have access to a lot of other places. If you live in Seattle... You really can't go anywhere unless you're going up into Canada, and then you're only in British Columbia, and so you're not in the right area Seattle, there either. Honestly, Seattle is a truly, truly boring place. There is very little that happens there. I mean, it's not exciting at all. I Now, I talk to people who move there from other places, and they love it. And oh, I sure. also talk to Yeah, and I've also talked to people who move there from other places, and just like me, they hate it. I talked to a guy from Arizona. He absolutely hates Seattle. He can't wait to go back to Arizona. I talked to a woman who came here. Yeah, well, from, how uh, exciting is Arizona? I mean, I can't be too argumentative. No, I guess not. But but you know, I don't know. I don't know what. I guess he. Well, he said he doesn't like all the rain in Seattle. He said I, I never thought it rained as much as it does. I said, yeah. He said I thought it was just a myth. I said, well, it's not. And then I spoke to a woman from. Uh, oh, I forget if it was Montana. I think it was Mont. Yeah, Montana. She was from Montana. She came out to Seattle because her kids lived out there. She despises it. She said, I thought this would be a great place. She said, oh, it's the worst. I can't, I got to get out of here. I don't care where I move to, either back to Montana or maybe to California or somewhere, but I cannot live in this place anymore. 
She says, I'm sick of looking at trees and mountains, trees and mountains, trees and mountains. I can't look at it anymore. She says, nothing happens here. I mean, I've met a few people that, that moved there and hate it, and I met some that moved there and love it. It's what you like. If you want to be around mountains and lakes and trees and nothing else, it's for you. Well, the best if you want a little more excitement, then it's not. The best reason to move back here was because it's Lynn's hometown. And she knows every nook and cranny of it, and she knows people, and people know her. What is that you told me? You went to 7-Eleven and a woman recognized you? Was that 7-Eleven? Oh, yeah, yeah. So people are... Wow, really three years no, later, she... Yeah. Wow. Oh, the same people. Back yeah. Same people still work there, yeah. And the same guy still works in a pizza place. So I went into a pizza place that I <clears throat> used to go to. It was right around the corner from where my ex-husband lives where my, with my cats. I saw my cats, by the way, all of it. Oh, I love them. Um, and I walked in the pizza place, <clears throat> and the guy said, Gwen. And I said, George. He said, what are you doing back? I said, I came back. He said, we missed you. I missed it here. Robert, I just having one of those post cold coughs. Okay, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I, heard, 
Yeah, you, you told me you had cold, so sorry to hear yeah. about that. Hopefully we'll get over it. Yeah, we both managed to get sick. I, uh, I'm I'm glad it's over with, but I still haven't recovered from it. I don't know why. I have some sort of train leg. I still just feel tired, and we've been here now for, well, we've been in this apartment for 10 days, but we've actually been back for three weeks because we were back, we were in, the, we were in our hotel for two weeks. So after three weeks, I still haven't gotten over the train ride, and hopefully someday I will. But it was just very, very long, and I just so, uh, needed to put it behind me. And, and we finally got our we finally got our Philly cheesesteak, which was like heaven. <laughs> and we Fresh finally pizza. got a really good pizza. There you yeah, go. Yeah, both were both were as good as advertised. I must admit. So. And the pizza. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the food here is great, and Seattle is not known for their great cuisine. They are not. All you have to do is set aside some money when the snow comes, so you have someone to shovel the sidewalk. Oh, well, I hope the apartment building does that. <laughs> yeah, we would hope that's true. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I was never in any really bad snowstorms in Seattle that I can recall. Uh, but, I do have my own parking spot, though. Yes, Lynn has her own parking spot, and people will probably say big deal, but it is a big deal because in the apartment building where we lived, that was first come first serve, which can really be a nightmare. That really is awful if you come home and you don't have anywhere to park. So now we have a parking place, and we're on the fifth floor instead of the tenth floor. So we're not quite as high up as we used to be. And uh, I'm and we just, get to look out at, at blue skies and sunshine. Not great skies every day. Yeah, uh, there have been a few cloudy days here, but basically it's been sunny almost about 90% of the time since we got here. Yeah. Now you guys have to go out and get yourself a tree and set it up and decorate for next holiday coming up. So. Well, I think I'll let the uh, building do that. There's a lot of we might have, here. We might have to do without that this year because I, I'm still I've still got to find places for everything. I have stuff to put on the door and all, you know, a few little decorations. But I think we might have to pass on the tree this year. Mm. Next year we'll do it. So well, I, we I were all concerned. I'm glad you guys made it okay. We were yeah. on the boards concerned and we're well, good. Hopefully, my brain will catch up to me someday because I think it's somewhere mm-hmm. out in the Midwest. And hopefully we'll get here someday. Now, what is the other thing you wanted to discuss? The formation of the group? You gentlemen, of course, know how to push a product. That essentially is your job. My presence here is for much the same purpose, simply to push a product. To acquaint you with an entertainment product, which we hope and which we rather expect will make your product pushing that much easier. What you're about to see, gentlemen, is a series called The Twilight Zone. We think it's a rather special kind of series. Essentially, people watch television to get entertained. And the keynote of this series, the thing we're concerned with, the thing we're aiming for, the thing we're working toward is entertainment. This is a series for the storyteller, because it's our thinking that an audience will always sit still and listen and watch a well-told story. All I can tell you is that we think The Twilight Zone is pretty unique. We think it'll be much talked about, and we think it'll also be enjoyed. We think it's the kind of a show that will put people on the edge of their seats, but only for that one half an hour. We fully expect they'll go to the stores on the following day and buy your products. We think it's that kind of a show. Yeah, let's go uh, into the uh, second Well, the only, uh, the only reason I formed the group was because I'd already formed a group for the fugitives, and that was a success to a degree. So I figured if that was a success, why not do one for the Twilight Zone? And that's what I did. Now, did the board 
come about from the Talking Twilight Zone? Did Talking Twilight Zone come about? No, from you mean the, the radio board? show came later? No, the radio yeah. show came later. Yeah. No, the ra- because we had a radio show for the Fugitive. Oh, wow. I had one there until we, we finally uh, uh, it was run through an actual radio radio station online. And then they didn't want to do it anymore. So in order to continue it, we had to go to TalkShoe and set it up there. And then after that, I decided to do it also for the Twilight Zone. And that's basically how it came to be. But uh, setting up a uh, – I, I went back, actually, at the group on the, uh, yesterday, back to 2009, to the first couple of posts. And it's interesting that a lot of the people who posted at the beginning are no longer around. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether they're members or not, but they sure don't post anymore. So they primarily lost interest. But uh, that's how that came about. I just figured if I could do it for one show, I would do it for the other. And that's that's where we are right now. Was it for the love of the show that you did it, or well, to me, were you trying my, to show something with in the, my in my lifetime, growing up especially, those were the two best TV shows. So. If somebody said, pick two TV shows from the years when you were growing up, those are the two I would pick. So it was only natural that I would do groups for both of them. That's how that came to me. I just did it because I, I don't remember how I started the future. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sure of that. And I just started it. I didn't think anybody would ever join it. To tell you the truth. I thought to myself, this would be a waste of time. But to my great surprise, people did. And... uh you know, it's still running, even though there isn't, we did reviews of all the 120 episodes. That's all done years ago. But people still post there and still, uh, you know, still talk about it from time to time. I don't have a whole lot to offer. But, um, you know, it's called The Fugitive Views and Reviews, if anybody wants to check it out. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a success. And now we're on the Twilight Zone. And I think, as far as the radio show is concerned, I think we got about two years to go on this, and doing it every other week the way we're doing. I think. Yeah, good. Yeah, we got and, like four episodes left to do written reviews, and then I think what nine to record yet, something like that. Before we go into four, season four, something like that. Uh, you mean as far as doing reviews? I think. Well, right now we're in season three. Right. Right near the, the end. The end I think after to serve man, we, we, we got, only have five more to go. Mm-hmm. In season three, then we've got season four. Yeah, yeah the eighteen one-hour ones. Oh boy, that's gonna be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, there were one or two I didn't think were bad, but the rest are pretty hard. Seconds, minutes, hours—they crawl by on hands and knees for Mister Henry Bemis, who looks for a spark in the ashes of a dead world. A telephone connected to nothingness. A neighborhood bar, a movie, a baseball diamond, a hardware store. The mailbox of what was once his house and is now a rubble. They lie at his feet as battered monuments to what was but is no more. Helen! Helen! Where are you? Mr. Henry Bemis on an eight-hour tour of a graveyard. Thankfully, uh, I was hoping we would come back to do reviews after being off for so long and have something good to talk about. Unfortunately, we had that uh, dreadful uh, the dummy thing, which is on the board at the moment. Yeah. And thankfully, we have uh, to serve man coming up on Saturday. So finally, there's something worth talking about. Just to say, Robert was saying before you came on, Bobby, that he was uh, at curious to see what Helen would say about the dummy, and I said most likely she'll she'll go along with whatever Kelly, because you know she usually 
whatever Kelly's rating is, that's what Helen's rating is. Well, now, Willie, I think it would be very nice if you'd say good night and thank you to all these wonderful, wonderful people. You can do anything I can do better, all right, wise guy. Can you do this? <laughs> Come around tomorrow night, folks. I'll be alone, just you and me. Yeah, Willie, well, I think, little pal, we better cut out, huh? Let me tell you something, folks. As soon as I shake this busher and get me a real act, you're gonna see some class. <laughs> well, thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Help! I'm being kidnapped! Call my lawyer! Call my doctor! Never mind! Just get me to the nurse on time! Oh. Well, people at IMDb really liked it. They gave it 7.2. And uh, they thought it was creepy and scary. And I, uh, yeah. like I said in my review, I never liked ventriloquist even when I was a kid. I just think it was fascinating. Think it was fascinating to see a guy on the stage I didn't with either. his hand behind a wooden dummy uh, trying to pretend he wasn't talking. And uh, it just never impressed me. I thought I didn't like them either. The only times I ever saw them was on Ed Sullivan and shows like that, and uh, yeah. I didn't think they were terribly impressive. But this thing just uh, drags on. It just doesn't go anywhere. The yeah. ending is obvious. You know that it's, that's going to be a turnaround. Right. That dummy's going to take over. Right, exactly. and, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry, Robert. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I think there's another um, one. I think isn't it in season five with the dummy again and the girl? Yeah, these are me. These yeah. are me with Jackie uh, Cooper. Is that, well, that's season five. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. God, I don't remember that at all. They actually did another yeah, one with the dummy. Yeah, yep. the one with Jackie Cooper. You remember that with the little girl? I me and you, kid, are going to go far. She tells the, the girl. The plot is not coming back to me. Yeah, Jackie oh. Cooper. He lives in the apartment. This little girl keeps tormenting him. Well, that's a pretty stupid thing to do that plot device twice. Um, just uh, it's, like, it's like Dave said, the two bites of the cherry situation where, you know, you use the script twice. So, yeah. Exactly, and and they use the same dummy in it. <laughs> hey, Garibaldi! Didn't you forget someone? Didn't you forget Willie? I was waiting for you. Yeah, that's right. I was waiting for you. The line is, this is so sudden. And in this case, it happens to be sudden. No, I I, I, I was waiting for you bec because I, 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 I want to have a drink with you, Noreen. Or, or maybe a sandwich or something, you know? No, Noreen, you're you're a good kid, and, and, and I've always thought you were a good kid, and I, 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 I've always wanted to... See, maybe Jerry, have a drink with you see. Honey, let's... Wait a minute, Noreen. Look. What's the matter with you, Jerry? There's nothing the matter with me. No, I'm not sick. I just want to have a drink with you. I don't you understand? I don't want to be alone. I keep hearing those voices. That Willie is bugging me. No, wait a minute. That Willie is bugging me. Wait a minute. Ha, 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 ha,
Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't like that one either. But yeah, that's how. Well, that's how Bobby and I met through the Twilight Zone group. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, Lynn. Cause I know well, you were email writer and stuff into the show at the beginning. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was one of the first people to join. Uh, there were, I guess, you had something like uh, ten, eleven members. Well, maybe not. You had about, you had about nine members. I might have been the ninth or tenth one to join, I guess. <clears throat> and. Um, you wrote to me and thanked me for joining and for posting a few things and, you know, showing enthusiasm for the group because I love the Twilight Zone so much. I mean, as soon as um, uh, another member who joined told me about it, a friend of mine, he's a, a friend of mine who was also a, a big Twilight Zone fan, he joined and then he emailed me and he says, hey, I thought you, maybe you'd be interested in joining this group. And I said, yeah, thanks a lot. Unfortunately, this friend of mine passed away a year and a half ago, actually two, two years ago. This friend of mine passed away two years ago, and he was a huge Twilight Zone fan, a very good friend of mine, John Latier. You remember him, Bobby? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> yeah, and um, he told me about it, and I started posting, and Bobby wrote to me telling me he was very happy to see that I was enthusiastic about it, and I said, well, don't worry. I said, more people will join. I'll try to keep the conversation going. And then we ended up... Uh, for some reason, we just started emailing each other off the board, just as friends, just talking to each other, because we had that common interest in the Twilight Zone, we had a few other things in common, we be East Coast and that kind of thing, and we just started talking, and we became friends, and then it just grew from there. Yeah, and Lynn uh, begged me to marry her, so I did. <laughs> yeah, right. Many women had done that with me, but I decided it was time to put that end to that, so... I decided to settle down and uh, broke hearts, <laughs> broke a lot of hearts in the group. But that's the way it goes. You were warm, you were warm, baby. I know. <laughs> Tired of the swinging bachelor life, Bobby, huh? I begged right. to marry me. Yeah, that's it was obvious. Warm, baby. <laughs> so that's how the group started. You never know what's going to come from that. So I, you know, that's that that's the deal. So that's it. So when the group ends, hopefully we won't be getting divorced. I think the only thing keeping us together is the group, but we'll find out. Probably. We'll find out what happens once the once the reviews end. I'm sending you back to Seattle. Because I, I don't know what else we have in common, so uh, and I'll take care of that. So that's my my tale of woe. I survived coming across the country, and I don't know how. So I figured <laughs> out. I've driven, I've traveled about. 7,000, somewhere about 7,500 miles over the past 14 years, um, which is, I've, I've, I've moved five times to three different states. I have no idea what I think I'm doing. It's, and that's really ironic because the first 51 years of my life was planned to spend in the same city, and I never dreamed I'd move anywhere, and all of a sudden I find myself jumping all over the country. It's very bizarre. Well, I never did either. The first 51 years of my life were spent in the same, in the, well, at least on the East Coast, basically in the same city. I mean, uh, in Philadelphia and, and a couple of outsk- you know, little towns on the outskirts, but I never thought I'd move ever. I'm just glad to be back home. I really am. Well, the fact that I came all the way to Seattle indicates how bad it was in Florida. Uh, I really <laughs> didn't want to come yeah. across the country, but uh, I had no choice. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's all's well ends well, as they say, and so we're here now. And though we may move to a different apartment building one day, I'm not moving out of this state, that's for sure. No, we are not moving out of state again. If we move uh, anywhere, it's going to be close by, another apartment building close by, but I don't expect to do that for a long time either. I've had enough of that, so I've moved enough times. 
I'm mm-hmm. glad Lynn's back here because it's it's good to be in a place you're familiar with, and uh, it, it works for her. And uh, like I said, as soon as I get over the train ride, not so much the the time difference that's bothering me at all, although I did get used to watching pro football on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning, and now i got to go back to watching it at 1 o'clock in the afternoon again. But, you know, that'll come to me after a while because some things are just – most things are repeated out on the West Coast, but the live events are not. So if you're watching football on Sunday afternoon, it's on at 10 o'clock in the morning, not at 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And that took a long time to get used to, although I finally did. So um, I'm here. My advice to everybody is going to take the train. Sure, take it to New York or some close place, and that's fine. But if you're going to travel long distance, take the plane. Do yourself a favor. Because you don't know what you're in for. So I wouldn't do it. Mm, I don't blame you. I wouldn't. From the what I'm looking forward like to, what I'm oh. looking forward to is seeing the ball drop, Times Square, and seeing it live. Because I've always seen it live every year. And for the last three New Year's Eves now, what, 2000, well, 2000. 11, 2012, well, the last two New Year's Eves, I did not get to see it live, and I missed that. Yeah, because and, it's three hours where it'd be uh, midnight here, it'd be nine o'clock over there, so yeah. Right, and I really, really missed that, so I'll be looking forward to seeing that again, because the fireworks that they do from the Space Needle, nothing compared to what they do in Times Square, and also at the Philadelphia Art Museum, they do amazing you know, out in the, par- the parkway in Philadelphia, they do this amazing fireworks show every year. And they they can't even compare to that, uh, you know, in Seattle with the Space Needle. It's It just doesn't doesn't do it. Well, so I'm glad you, you guys made it. Not the bottom line is word. that uh, Rocky and his wife were back in Philadelphia. So. <laughs> Rocky and Adrian, right? <laughs> Yo, Adrian. Yo. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> hey, Paulie, your sister's with me. <laughs> go, go meet house and start beating on some beef. Yeah, oh, get a yeah. little work out there. <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys for coming on today. I, I know, like I said, you guys were fighting colds or still are, and, and unpacking, trying to find where, where to put everything. So I'm glad you were able to take the time today to come on and talk a little bit. Um, you yeah, know, it's fun. Yeah, as I said before, we were going to keep this feed running, which um, we were going to put some shows and stuff together, and this is kind of the last one. Before we're all back together again Saturday for um, the Talking Twilight Zone, so definitely look forward to Saturday where we get back on our uh, every other week situation, so hopefully we'll have everybody join us then. So I want to thank you two for coming on today. And, well, thank uh, you to- for doing the show. Look- We'll see you on Saturday. We'll see you on Saturday. See you all on Saturday. So, okay. Thank you guys again for coming on. And we'll see you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Bye bye. This was a Time Mind production. better connection with your friends on Facebook. Use the hottest voice conferencing service around. Call from TalkShoe.com. That's talk like I'm doing now and shoe as on your feet.